0: Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrowlandson.com and sign up right now. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Mike Pagan. Welcome to you, Mike. How are you doing?
1: I'm really good. I'm really good. Thank you for having me along today.
0: Well for those listeners who can't see you've got a fabulous background which is of gorgeous water and a, it looks like a sunset or oh, no it might be the sunrise with that sort of light color I'm not sure but ducks on the river lovely
1: It's it's a sunrise um and it's at a, a place called Compton Verney which is just outside Stratford upon Avon in Warwickshire where I where I live and it's also where I do a lot of uh, swimming through the The summer months. Um, I confess to not doing a lot during the winter, Uh, but uh, yeah, this was just one of those beautiful pictures, and I thought it was worth taking a shot. And it's down—it's down as one of my feel-good shots.
0: It's fabulous, and it really does. I mean, it makes me feel good just looking there. I mean, obviously, I've got a a very strong affiliation with rivers because I used to do a lot of rowing. So it it really makes me feel very—it's very warm and comforting that look. So thank you for sharing. Great background.
1: Yeah, starts us off nicely. It's either that or a, you, you, we've all got offices that have beautiful spots and not so, so I, I, yeah, it works.
0: Perfect. So what is it you're doing at the moment, Mike?
1: Oh, my, my world is is very busy at the moment. Um, I launched a, a new book in, uh, the, in the summer of 2021 uh, called Mental Wealth. And that's taken on a whole world of, of direction and focus for me. Um, I started writing it before all the pandemics and lockdowns came along. And then um, through lockdown one, got into a place where I was in a very focused zone on it. Um, I then, um, sadly, there was a a tragedy with a friend of mine who created for me a perfect avatar of who I was writing for. Uh, And uh, for for me, mental wealth is clearly it's a play on the language of mental health. But I'm. I have to, to start with. I am not a mental health practitioner, nor am I a trained counsellor. Uh, my focus is absolutely on building the right support network around people that's fit for purpose for what we're trying to do, so that we can deal with the challenges and issues that come around uh, dealing with isolation and loss of direction, and just not having people who've got our back, or if they if they have, have they really? Um, so we've got people that are really powerful and fit for purpose surrounding us, asking better questions than we do of ourselves. Uh, and so that that whole just I mean, the book alone is obviously taking up a lot of the energy, but it's really given further direction with the business, the work I do with clients uh, and through exec coaching, through to workshops, through to uh, plugging in all sorts of other support the required. um and it's, yeah, fascinating times. i'm 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 buzzing. really good.
0: And people who I invite onto the show, we're talking about purpose, we're talking about the why. But you have mentioned focus three times, if not more, that I I might have missed. And you're talking about new direction of and focus. You're talking about being in a focus zone and focusing on the right support. So yeah, let's let's talk about the focus element of focus on why.
1: Okay, uh, the the big question I know that you ask within this is 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 why am I doing this? What gets me fo- what gets me excited? Um, and, and the reality, I alluded to it briefly when I was giving the description, that a friend of mine, sadly, uh, was going through a very ugly divorce, estranged from his son uh, it, and COVID and everything else. And basically, he took his life. Um, and it was it was understanding what happened there. I wasn't part of his inner sanctum, but he did have some good close friends. Um, and it was sort of it was a shock to everybody, um, as, as as it is in any of those situations. But what it did was it, it gave me a real direction. That's a, um, I've I've written books in the past. This is this is my fourth one, uh, and cynically, some people will refer to them as expensive business cards uh, because they're sort of oh aren't I clever? And I bought the name of author, uh, but actually the reality around this one, and I've had my my children have proofread it for me, my father-in-law's proofread it. So it's intergenerational challenges. Um, and it's all been around. Okay, well, if you want this to be a legacy piece, uh, then it, it's it's that whole thing. of It has an objective of changing lives and potential to save a life. And I know full well that it's already changing lives for people that are, uh, are learning about their mental wealth, the tactics that they can use. Um, and so, for me, it's it's just giving me very very clear direction um, because I know as a as a direct result of the work I'm doing. It will make a difference, and I'm I'm, I'm very um, pride is something you're not meant to say about yourself. But when you're sitting there and you're thinking, I, I when we were talking off air beforehand, I'm not an English scholar. I do not write in Chaucer, Shakespearean uh, beauty. Um, my my, English, my writing style is very conversational and very straight and very simple. And that's how I write. So it's not written to get me a, a, a an A level or a degree in English. However, that's 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 not to say it doesn't flow. Because with my team around me, um, it went from seventy-five thousand words to fifty-five. Then a writing coach came in and got involved with me and said, "You've made you've made this point three times with three different stories. Which one is staying?" Uh, so now it's a so it's a published book on sort of forty-two thousand words, which which is a mid-sized book. It's not the monster, but it's not a pamphlet either.
0: And you set out with a purpose of writing a book about mental health, and that was before you had the tragedy of someone who was connected with you. What was the purpose beforehand? What, what sort of initiated the, the need for it?
1: Good question. Yeah, uh, I, I had the beauty of working with uh, a whole lot of professional and elite sportsmen and women transitioning to their life after sport. And one of the things that happens in that career is you, you've got 35 people keeping you on the pitch, in the pool, on the track. In the rowing boat um and, and and they're all there and then suddenly the the uh, retirement date appears for whatever reason yeah, age form uh quality whatever it is and it's like a guillotine moment that comes down because those 35 people are now no longer fit for purpose yep. because you you don't need it there's different need that you have going forward Um, And so these men and women I was working with, there was a a lack of direction, a lack of support network, a lack of focus, a lack of identity. And and part of the the understanding and the learning through that process was the amount of times that everybody transitions. Whether you transition from going from school to uh, university or to apprenticeships, getting your first job, buying your first house, moving in with a partner, children, if that's your route you go to, et cetera, et cetera. Repeatedly throughout our lives, we transition. And when we transition, it means that we need the next version of. So uh, Claire could have been brilliant for the last three years, uh, but is she fit for purpose next? No, we need Claire 2.0. So it's that whole process of, uh, okay, we need to refresh and build that powerful support network around us that I now call a mental wealth team. Uh, But it's that whole process of of evolving the people around you so that when the proverbial hits the fan, and it does, and it will, because we've got this support network, we can bounce back more effectively rather than it just be a complete crisis that then takes us into a, a problem in our mental health.
0: And it's interesting because the example you're using there of elite sportsmen and sportswomen, I've had a couple of people on the podcast talk about this transition before mm-hmm. And what's crucial or what's key is that they can't be in both places at the same time because they've got to show total commitment to where they are in their sport. And yet they also know that there's going to be this need to transition into the next version, yet they can't be seen to put energy or attention into that space because they need to be totally focused on where they are. And, and that's different to the other evolutions that we would have in life.
1: It, but this this is part of that um, having the, the foresight to understand what's coming next. Um, and it, it, I mean, you, I've I've got uh, young adult children, um, and their their transition from schooling into higher education and then onto university or whatever. Um, that transition is monstrous. It's absolutely huge because just they don't know what's coming next. Um, and it's it, you, and that whole part of um, a fear of asking for help because asking for help is a sign of weakness. If we show weakness, then there we're no good. We're incompetent. We're useless. Well, and, well, that's what the little voice says, and that's what the sledging would say in the in in the school ground um, or on the pitch. But the reality is, no, we we have to change. We have to evolve, and we get the right people asking better questions of us because. They, not because they've got an axe to grind or they've got a, 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 a financial benefit necessarily out of it, but because they can ask better questions than we can ourselves because we're not very good at challenging ourselves a lot of the time.
0: And I love that you've described the book as being an intergenerational challenge or it's it's suiting different elements because it is a case of each step or, or stage in our life, we ask. Ask ourselves different questions. They tend to be very similar uh, across the board, especially in the Western world. Those questions will be very similar at each of those stages. And yet, you've referenced twice about we don't ask better questions of ourselves. So, what are the questions that we should be looking to ask ourselves?
1: Starting off, um, I would start with self-care, um, and, uh, and I know there's a lot of focus nowadays on self-care and well-being. However, the, the, the first primary thing we have to do in the world of self-care is be number one. Um, and I jokingly have said for many years that in my household, I'm number six because I have a wife, three children, and a dog. Currently, I'm number 14 because I have a wife, three children, a dog, and eight puppies. But that's another story. <laughs> uh, but the, when when you're sort of straight away always looking out for other people first, um, then it's just that selfish nature. But selfish is, is a swear word. But we actually, categorically, we have to look after number one first so that we are fit in whatever way, mentally, physically, uh, to, to do what we need to be doing. And it, uh, one of the categorical real light bulbs over, for me over the last few years is, I've always been rubbish, he says in inverted commas, uh, meditation and mindfulness. And there's two reasons. Uh, one is I either can't sit still for long enough, or there are, the other is I fall asleep. <laughs> it's just simple as it doesn't work for me. That's until I realized that actually what I've done for all of my life, I didn't quite make it to the level of professional rugby player. I got pushed along just at the time when it all went professional. And I knew I was already at the top of my range. I was never going to make it, but it, it, it's always a story. Um, so, so I've done, done done sports to to a uh, serious level. Nowadays, I do what I refer to as weekend warrior nonsense uh, because it works for me. Um, and one of those activities I do is is open water swimming. And if you consider uh, swimming in a lake, not a not a pool, so you haven't got twenty five meters or fifty meters, and a black line, and then a wall. This is you're you're swimming long periods of time, and gradually as you're doing that, your arms are just going stroke after stroke. So for you, Amy, in your history, when you were rowing, it was pull after pull, um, and and it just it's just that constant repetitive. And when you get into that tuned out process of what I refer to as active meditation. Then you get out the water afterwards. It's the same if you go for a long walk. It's the same if you go climbing up a hill. Uh, if you say you go jogging and you just tune out completely, you get back to your position afterwards and you feel fresh. You're probably tired. You might be cold or hot, depending on what you've been doing. But that's where you may have had a couple of brain waves because uh, you've seen something through a different one because you took a step away. That's exactly what meditation is all about.
0: Yeah, love it. And the taking a step away. You you are talking here, and you've mentioned about selfish being a swear word and pride not something you can say about yourself. So it's it's interesting that you. It's very British for us to to sort of talk in these terms in in mm. terms of of not looking after ourselves. I mean, I don't know, and I'm sure I think that also probably applies to lots of other cultures too. So what is it that we can do other than be number one what could we say that would help people or is it just a case of saying be number one
1: it, it is a it is a state of mind um i believe and uh, one one of them i put out there is I, I always talk about sanctuaries um and where do you go that is your sanctuary uh it, it could be for reboot rebuild refuel whatever it is um I, one of my daughters wherever she lives always finds a tree Um, And she'll just go and sit at the bottom of the tree. Uh, She's a 20-year-old woman, so we're not talking about a three-year-old doing this. Uh, But she'll just sit there, headphones in, and just watch the sunset, sunrise, whatever it is, and just be. Uh, For me, there's a place on the south coast in England uh, called Sandbanks. It's lots and lots of ridiculously expensive properties down there. Uh, But when I was a child, I had a lot of holidays down there. My godmother had a place in those days um, and my parents' ashes are scattered in the sand dunes opposite. Uh, so I go down there and I just chill. And it's, it's just, I, when it, whenever I visit, I come away feeling topped up, refueled, just rebooted and everything else. And it's a sanctuary. It could be the coffee shop around the corner from your house. I know a, a speaker colleague of ours who um, uh, every morning is in that coffee shop between 7 and 7.30 because that's how he starts his day um in there making his notes planning his day doing whatever else um, and having his fine ground coffee that kicks his day off the way he wants to it's that sanctuary it's the routine it's it's what works for us because if it works for you great um swimming in cold water doesn't work for a lot of people albeit on my social media feed nowadays the algorithms have have got hold of me liking this and i just get people from all over the place swimming in ridiculously gorgeous places uh, which is just triggers a little bit of envy now and again, but I can handle it.
0: <laughs> so with your routine and your rebooting and the rebuilding, what's the next version of Mike going to be?
1: The next, but, uh, ooh. well, the, the, the next version, I, 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 we always evolve. We are constantly evolving. Um, so, so from that perspective, uh, the next version of Mike is, is, a, a, is a, an ongoing evolution of where I'm heading at the moment. I am um, happy with what I am doing. I have good people around me. My uh, my mental wealth team. Over the years, I have got rid of people that weren't helping me. I've rebooted. It, one of the areas I will always talk about is having a professional support team as within this mental wealth team. Uh, and going back to good old two thousand and eight, when the banks and the world financial crisis kicked in, um, that cost me a, a lot in every way, shape, or form, and I had overseas property investment involved in that as well um, and one of the issues i had was because i didn't have a proactive mental uh, a proactive wealth team talking to my uh, accountants and in conjunction with some independent legal advice i made decisions without the support of others who were asking better questions emotionally separated from what i was doing So unfortunately, I signed the paperwork, uh, rather than taking independent legal advice that would have cost me a few hundred. Um, And then 15 years later, I kid you not, I completed on that property in Cyprus, having paid a mortgage every year for 13 of those years. And now the property is worth about 25% of what the purchase price was. Uh, It's the standard property nightmare, but I could have dodged that many tens, hundreds of thousands of losses by just if one of my support network had insisted or been bullish in asking me a better question saying, OK, who's checking this out independently so we know you've, you're doing the right thing here? And they'd have pulled it apart and said, don't sign that, run. Run away now. But I didn't. So it's it's areas like that of learning, so when, when I, I have challenges, I, my, my, uh, uh, my wealth team recently. I was talking to them about critical health cover because I'm I'm now north of 25, so apparently you are meant to have this stuff. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just a rumor, just a rumor. Um, and uh, uh, I was also researching at the same time, and he came back to me uh, with with some policies and some suggestions, and I I responded, said, yeah, they look all right. What about this one? Uh, to which I got this very subtle email back from him uh, saying you've written about trusting your support network and getting independent advice. So why the hell are you doing it on your own and not taking the advice of somebody you've appointed and you apparently trust? (laughs) With this little smiley emoticon at the end. Uh, Okay, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Back in the box. (laughs) Take the advice. Empower the people to ask better questions of you and then work with them.
0: And you mentioned there, Mike, about being emotionally separated from some of these decisions mm. in terms of particularly from the wealth decisions or in wealth building. But what about your mental wealth? How how do you separate that from that emotionally or don't you?
1: There there are different environments. One one of the things that uh, works for me, and this, this is where I will always talk about having a coach, not because I am a coach, just because I know having somebody – challenging you be that from the sports perspective the business or just personal they will get more out of you than you get on your own but the thing that they see is the stuff that sabotages your performance they get to know that your habits the things that you do that for whatever reason prevents you from being brilliant more of the time we're not we're not going for perfection here uh, they will ask better questions and it's so so in that environment that for me helps me have somebody noticing my self-sabotage practices. Uh, how much, Most people listening to this and watching this will be turning around and say, oh, I don't have enough time. But we've all got exactly the same amount of time in the diary and everything else. Um, and then if you just do the simple time management tips of uh, putting one of those apps on your phone that measures where you spend your time on your phone and how often you are on it, and then put the same bit on your computer as well, and you realize actually uh, instead of me being productive for so many hours uh, I'm donating two three four even seven hours to social media every day uh, okay now but you have no time but you're okay to sit there in front of and when if, if you're watching old school television I you know the stuff that has adverts in its stream it, it's live it's not streamed yeah as soon as the adverts come on I'm sitting there and there'll be four or five of us in the room watching And straight away. All these bloody phones come up because there's an advert. So, And the world will have changed in the last 12 minutes since the last set of adverts trying to sell you some something Christmassy or Black Friday-ish or New Year-ish or Easter or whatever time of year it happens to be. And it's just that reality. Somebody noticing, understanding the habits and helping you replace that habit with a better one that's the challenge as per neuroscientists when i've spoken and and, and worked with those that you can't it's not a question of just deleting a habit and replacing it with a new one it has to be replaced with something better something more interesting something sexier something more fun and then that emotional connection gets involved behavioral change does not happen without an emotional connection so we're quitting smoking reducing drinking Doing all the things that are bad for us we will only do that if there's an emotional connection. And that's why when that that scary time of the medical diagnosis that says you've got a problem, people can give up smoking overnight. They can give up alcohol overnight, whatever it happens to be. Um, and it's that reality. It does, doesn't always the case, but I, I'm talking in generalizations here.
0: So let's go back to where there was a transition into the work you were doing what, what was it that sort of has led you into this purpose-driven work that you're championing
1: I've, I've been running my business for knocking on 20 years now and um this this all stems from what i refer to as the power of the network and it's 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 about using your network and then uh, that unlocks doors that takes you down different paths. Um, And uh, this this story does take two minutes to say, but uh, bear bear with me for a moment. Uh, My my father used to live in Singapore in the late 50s and early 1960s. He was in the rubber trade. Um, He was involved with Sydney Cricket Club as a bachelor, um, expat bachelor in those days. So they, they, they played hard. He didn't play cricket. He was an umpire. So he didn't even have the excuse of having to be sober so he could use a bat. He was just counting six pebbles in his pocket and showing the occasional finger to somebody else to say they were out. He wasn't being rude. Um, one of his best friends left Singapore and moved to Bangkok. My father moved back to the UK. Two months after he returned to the UK, he met my mother. And the story went on from there. In 1999, he sent his friend in um uh, Bangkok uh, a Christmas card saying Mike is moving to Perth in Western Australia just letting you know it was the the annual update and this uh, chap David picked up the phone and rang which they very rarely did um, and said you've got to tell Mike to look up my mate Newton when he gets to Perth he's a top bloke Um, we did some land deals in the 1970s if he can help I'm sure he will Fair enough. So I got out to Australia. I spent the first couple of months getting to know my uh, one year old daughter because i have been in the corporate world. So I didn't have much of a relationship there yet, something to do with very, very long hours, seven days a week, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we know the call. Cool. And um, I knocked on the door of Newton's house and uh, he came to answer the door Come on in, mate. I'm feeling a little bit crook. Just had my first dose of chemo, uh, but in, in you come. Let's see what we can do. Uh, Okay, I sat down with him, and to which his response was, uh, I'm thinking of investing in this dot-com business. They've got some great ideas, some great theories, and everything else, but they've got no commercial skills. Uh, Instead of me putting money in there, why don't I see if I can plug you in? Long story short, I got plugged in there. They didn't have the money to pay me properly, so I got golden handcuffs and a pocket money income. But what it did was it gave me a totally different direction what I'd been doing before. Uh, I left Australia after three years of living there, same wife, two children, small container ship. came back to the UK with uh, the story goes, wife, baby, rucksack, no job, no car, no house. When I moved out there, came back, same wife, two kids, containership, set up a business in a country I hadn't lived in for three years, in a location I'd never lived in before in my life, uh, in an industry with no proven track record without a database. That's where it started. And in those days, business coaching, support, the word coaching was only resigned uh, to sport. Um, and that basically Newton changed my life, however you want to dress it up. Um, and that put me on the trajectory on the purpose. I'd always use coaching techniques in my managerial stance, um, in, in, my, in my corporate life and everything else. Uh, so, so it was my normal way of working. But that the the projection and the direction then into the speaking and then now into with mental wealth as well was all comes back to my dad being on the pop in Singapore in the 1950s.
0: (laughs) Amazing. And, And tell me about Newton. Did he recover?
1: He died three months after I met him. Wow. So I had that absolutely minute amount of time to meet him if I'd turned up three months later which I quite easily could have uh he could have already gone or even if it had been six weeks later he might have been too crook to using his words to be able to meet up so it was it's it's that whole thing about the seizing those opportunities making it happen uh, because you don't know what's going to come out of it
0: yeah a huge sliding doors moment really
1: definitely yeah yeah it really was um I'd I'd love to have gotten to know him better but it was a one of those stories that just from, from the perspective of changing directions and everything else. Yeah, that, that categorically did.
0: Yeah, amazing. And and again, going back to receiving the Christmas card, the, the annual update and just picking up the phone, if he'd sent a, a letter or it'd been a different, it might have been slower. You might have missed it and it would have happened. So huge circumstances sort of colliding there and creating this situation. So you came back. He changed your life you created a business using the tools that you had but having a different direction you talk about that new direction and focus and being again that focus zone and we'll talk about the purpose and how that's linked you said right at the beginning it was all about helping people who were isolated who had lost direction and i wanted to sort of Ask you more about how you you help others to do that. I mean, you've got your book, but what is it that you, and the network is crucial there. But what is it that's driving you to help these people who are isolated? What's the big picture here?
1: The the, the, the big thing about isolation is uh, isolation kills creativity and prevents decision making. And as a direct and indirect a, a outcome of that, we go into the world of procrastination and faffing about. Which means we stop doing stuff. We stop delivering. Um, and in in the U.S., procrastination in certain states is actually being diagnosed as an, as an illness, because it's a it's a precursor to stress and anxiety. So it's actually it's a, so, I don't know whether you agree with that as well or not, but it's it's factual. There are certain parts of America where that's going on, and it it's it's understanding that when we have the right people around us, then that will help keep us true. So things like masterminding and peer support groups, I'm a massive fan of because you're giving people permission to ask better questions. And then in turn, you're asking the same of them. And it's that sort of um, uh, embryonic company uh, support network that grows together. And as you get stronger, you get used to asking better questions of each other. And as a result of that, we get a far uh, greater turnaround. And, And for me, it's... Whether you're at the top of a large organization, um, or you're a solopreneur, or you're an employee uh, in your first job, it's knowing who you can turn to, to actually uh, talk about things that make you uncomfortable, where you don't know what the answers are, or you're not sure what the answers are. You just want to bounce some thoughts around. Well, that's where masterminding is so potent. And that that can very quickly feed you half a dozen people in your support network that you didn't have before. And those relationships will evolve. When they first start, they're all a little bit clunky and a bit uncomfortable and awkward. But as people start talking, as they start opening up, then results are, okay, well, if I was doing running your business, Amy, these are the three things I'd be doing now. You've told me about that for the last two months, and you've done nothing about it. So are you wasting my time or your time? Ooh, that's a bit direct. Sometimes we need a bit direct. And then on the flip side of that, uh, There's a famous story about a a gentleman who, in his mastermind group, he sadly got a terminal diagnosis for cancer. And rather than talking to his family, he went straight to his mastermind group first because he needed to have an emotion-free conversation with other people about what his next steps were and how he was going to deal with it and how he was going to cope. So then when he went to his family, he was already prepared for what clearly was going to be an emotional and challenging time ahead. But it, it's that whole part of having people that you're empowering. And the, the the harshest part of all of this, though, goes back to the thing we talked about earlier, which is knowing who are the ones who are not fit for purpose going forward. And I'm not saying we have to dump them. Yeah, when I say, oh no, you can't be my friend anymore. Uh, it's just, we, we need to emotionally and mentally take our reliance away from them and find the 2.0 or the 3.0. So we are then getting stronger advice, stronger thinking, bet- better creativity, all of those elements, because then we get more comfortable and confident and braver to make better decisions ourselves. And that's what helps us have more fun. Because if you get this right, life is meant to be enjoyable. Uh, and through through the uh, the COVID and the pandemics and the lockdowns, the, if you If you consider that uh, heart rate monitor in the hospital it goes up and down the peaks and troughs on it, well, all of the highs through that period of time were removed. Yes, yeah, so so we have had, had the same number of troughs, if not more. Um, so our range had dropped. So it's not surprising that so many people became um, sadder for want of a better word. It, it, sort of our our range dropped. So we need to be aware of that. So we can find out ways of other people working with us, having more fun, doing activities, doing things that work. If if you love whittling wood, uh, pottering in the garden, growing your own coffee beans, climbing up mountains, swimming in the sea, whatever it is, you might think it's weird when you view it through other people's lenses. But if it's it's what works for you, that's what makes the difference. And other people around you will empower and encourage you to do more of that stuff because and you don't have to do extremes. And I know re- I realized swimming the channel was a bit extreme, uh, but it was fun. And I've got bragging rights for life. I know it was a relay, not a solo, but uh, more people have climbed Everest than have swum the English Channel. I'm happy with that. <laughs>
0: Wow! Yeah, absolutely, and it's bizarre because you're the second person in two days that have been talking about whittling wood, and I'm wondering what what's going on there because it seems it's such a, a, a odd expression or not odd expression, but it's a a unique expression to sort of and there's been twice in two days. Anyway, what it's, works it's hobbies, you? isn't
1: it? It's it's yes. it's those little hobbies that keep us busy, distracted, doing things.
0: Yeah. What is it? You keep your hands or your mind busy, you know, always.
1: Yeah. And believe me, within my puppies I got at the moment, we're, we're, we're breeders for the guide dogs. So we all the puppies will go to them. Um and we've we've done this for many years. We, we've had 50 plus puppies now and about 15 dogs in training and so on. So it's it's just what we've done as a family. Uh and they're just about to get into that disgracefully cute phase, which which is which is fun. Uh in a few weeks' time, we'll be very happy when they move on to puppy walkers. But uh, at the moment, uh hard work but fun.
0: Yeah, whelping is is one of those things that is not to be taken without a a huge amount of experience. It really is a full on job. So well done. Mike, it's been a pleasure talking about your mental wealth for sure. And I would love for you to share how people can get in contact with you to continue the conversation.
1: The simplest way for getting in touch with me is mikepagan.com. Is, is the is the website, uh, that's P-A-G-A-N, mikepagan.com, um, or uh, find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. And if you do connect and reach out to me on LinkedIn, please mention Amy on here, uh, because that way I know where you've been listening and where we've connected from. Um, it just connects the dots rather than just those those cold connections and you've got no idea where they are from. Some are from all different parts of the world and you're thinking, how, how? where did that link come? So please explain the link and it works better
0: perfect absolutely share that you heard mike speaking on focus on why so that would be great mike thank you for coming on and i really enjoyed the conversation there's lots of various elements there that i would like to have unpicked and as always there's never enough time but there's definitely going to be some areas that i will use and and reflect on in my reflections episode afterwards so that thank you for that and and little voices and, and the sledging that goes on in my mind was like, did I do a good job? Did I get this over the line properly? But yeah, really interesting. Can you uh, leave us with some final words, please, Mike?
1: Absolutely. Uh, my fi- final words, um, it, it's, this is around that point on asking questions. And and my my call out is to being better human beings. Uh, So if your gut feel is saying, I need to pick up the phone, I should ring somebody, I should talk to somebody, because I haven't spoken to them for a couple of months, or whatever reason, then pick up the phone. Do not text them, do not tweet them, do not uh, smiley face, high five them on social media. Pick up the phone. If you live locally, go and see them. A few weeks ago, uh, I had a very challenging situation where one of my son's uh, friends through school had fortunately, unsuccessfully, uh, uh, didn't complete suicide. Uh, on the day that this happens, one of my great friends that lives in uh, just outside New York rang. Uh, we talk two or three times a year. But for uh, for whatever reason, on this day, he picked up the phone and rang me. And instead of me saying, hi, Bot, great to hear from you, I just said, why have you rung right now? <laughs> I, was, I was quite challenging. Um, and we spent two or three minutes trying to unpick why he'd rung. And the only thing we could come back was it was just intuition and gut feel. He was ringing at 5.30 in the morning US time on his way back from his shift as a um, head of A&E in a hospital. So he was able to answer all the questions I needed from a medical perspective on the situation we were dealing with here. But also on a personal note, I absolutely needed that conversation because it was so powerful. Um, this whole part of mental wealth, if we get this right we can change lives and we can potentially save a life. If your gut feels saying I could or should pick up the phone to whoever, then just do it. Be a better human being, help them by being part of their mental wealth team and supporting them. And hopefully we can avert more crises and challenges that happen as a result of isolation, which can be managed.
0: Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcasts five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or join the inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.